Hey, Mary. Hi, Shannon. Um, I was hoping that we could chat today about some standards that have been in the standards for a while, but I don't really think that I understand them very well and that I cover them all the way with my students, the speaking and listening standards. Can we talk about that today? Love to. This is the Reading Teachers Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. Welcome to the Reading Teacher's Lounge. This is Season 5, Episode 14. Today, Mary and I are going to be chatting about the speaking and listening standards. Uh, This is Shannon Betts. Um, I've been teaching since 2002. I have been a homeroom teacher in kindergarten, first, second, and third grade, and also a reading specialist all the way to eighth grade. Currently, I'm working part-time at a private school, um, working as a reading resource teacher, grades three through eight. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to my website, readingdevelopment.com, or find me on Twitter and Instagram at rdngdevelopment.com. And I'm Mary Sagafi, and currently I am working as a private tutor for children with dyslexia and also as an advocate for children with dyslexia, coaching their families along. Previously, I have taught kindergarten, regular ed, and then I went into special ed, and I've taught every elementary grade for special ed. I am Orton Gillingham trained, and um, I'm happy to chat with you today because I think this is a great topic, Shannon. Let's get started. Well, you were telling me that your daughter, we've been talking about this, I guess, since the beginning of the school year, because you said that your daughter is part of the gifted program at our kids' school and that they have been focused more on projects that involve the speaking and listening standards. And that got me reflecting on my own practice and realizing that I don't, you know, I can kind of quote all of the reading standards almost by heart um, because I've taught them for so many years, but, and understand them pretty well as they develop, you know, through the different grade levels, but I don't understand the speaking and listening standards very well. And I don't even really understand why they're in the standards. Like why did they put them as a separate group in the standards? Yeah. I think that this necessitates like kind of a deep dive into looking at these standards and kind of, un- um, you know, coming to the the realization of why children at kindergarten all the way through elementary age. So what is that progression? What does it look like? What are they expected to do? And then let's talk a little bit about how that can be implemented into the classroom. And um, just as kind of an aside, I have been talking with Shannon about this because my daughter um, has been working on it. And I'm really impressed actually with the the different opportunities that she's had um, in her classroom right now. She's currently a second grader, but um, kindergarten, first and second grade, she's had a lot of opportunities to share her knowledge and share projects that she's worked on. And I think that um, the teachers at her school are really doing a commendable job of, of giving the students opportunities and words to use to ask questions what does it look like to be a great listener? What does it look like to be a great presenter? And um, that's kind of what I want to dive into today, because I think we're, we're constantly trying to help our students improve. And this is another great way. I mean, you and I are, you know, Generation X, kind of older millennials. And mm-hmm. so we were 
in that transition between, you know, analog to digital age. But yeah. I think that the speaking and listening standards are here because it is part of the 21st century learner skill set that's needed. Well, I think our as, podcast as, is a great example. Yes, for you sure. Know, we're sharing learning in a community. Uh, you know, on a platform that communicates and it does have a major listening component. But when we're developing our content, we're thinking about what kind of questions do we need to ask? How how do we pull information from people who are way smarter than we are? <laughs> but I wasn't taught any of this in schools. Like I just always, you know, I, I talked about this in the auditory learners episode. I, I've just always been an auditory processor and I come from a very... Um, intellectual family. So we had like these deep, you know, dinner discussions where we were, mm -hmm. you know, encouraged by our parents to ask follow-up questions and listen carefully, um, to use evidence, you know, to back up our answers. And so I guess I was modeled that in my own family, but I don't remember any time in school other than like drama club where I was taught these things, but that was more like how to project my voice, right? How to pause in my speaking and things like that. Not really about the thinking that goes into speaking and listening. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I feel like I also implicitly, lear implicitly learned this um, as well through like various extracurricular activities that I was involved in. So yeah, I, I completely agree. But I'm, I feel like there, um, there has been, even when I was a teacher, a big gap in some children's communication skills. And it's another example of how some children really do need some explicit information, explicitly taught what the expectations are so that they can then become com effective communicators. Um, and, and some other children probably have more of a natural ability to do that, but we shouldn't just assume that all students are able to do it the same way. Well, because it's in the standards that, that shows that it, these are skills that can be taught. And it's not and just the naturally, taught. you know, born confident people, you know, have these skills built in, but other people, they're just not going to ever be able to do it. So let's go. When I was researching for this episode, I pulled out this old book. Um, I was the Common Core coach when the Common Core standards were rolled out. And so I was responsible for training all the staff at my school on the new standards. And because of that, I received um, a little bound booklet that had all of the standards in there. And we're not going to get into political debate about what the common core are and if they're good or not, but pretty much every state has standards that were based on the common core standards, even though they're not called that anymore. They might be called like ours are called Georgia standards of excellence, but it still verbatim almost looks like the common core standards. So that's why I went to this booklet and in front of the standards, they have um, a, a little bit of, um, of copywriting, of writing, explaining why they put these in the standards. And so I wanted to share this with you because this answered one of my questions that I had mm -hmm. going into this episode of why do we even have speaking and listening standards separated from the other subjects? So can I just read this to you? Go for it. All right. So it says, to build a foundation for college and career readiness, students must have ample opportunities to take part in a variety of rich, structured conversations as part of whole class, in small groups, and with a partner. Being productive members of these conversations requires that students contribute accurate, relevant information, respond to and develop what others have said, make comparisons and contrasts, 
and analyze and synthesize a multitude of ideas in various domains. And then it goes on to into the 21st century thing I was talking about. New technologies have broadened and expanded the role that speaking and listening play in acquiring and sharing knowledge and have tightened their link to other forms of communication. Mm. Digital texts confront students with the potential for continually updated content and dynamically changing combinations of words, graphics, images, hyperlinks, and embedded video and audio. Great. Yeah, I I haven't read through that in quite a while, too, I have to say. And, you know, sometimes when you're in the grind, you do kind of like lose sight. But I I love these, these big words. So I wrote down productive mm-hmm. conversations, accurate language, accurate conversations. Relevant. Um, re- relevant and responding um, carefully to mm-hmm. peers and adults. Um, being able to then compare and contrast the information and then being able to synthesize it. So, you know, this whole project uh, trajectory that it goes down is something that we are encouraging students to do K through five. So, um, well, then above that, but starting at K through five, right. Well, in my elementary mind, I I go to five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're looking at the K to five standards booklet right now. Right. Okay. So yeah, great. So in kindergarten, I'm thinking about this and I'm looking um, at another uh, standard and the anchor for the first standard is to prepare for and participate effectively in a range of conversations and collaborations with diverse partners, building on others' ideas and expressing their own clarity and their own clearly and persuasively. So um, in kindergarten, this looks like participating in collaborative conversations about kindergarten topics and texts with peers and adults in small groups and in large groups. And this is, I think the really key is following the agreed upon rules for discussion, which means listening to others, taking turns, speaking about the topic at hand and not extraneous topics, um, speaking about the text at hand, um, and then also making connections, but continuing a conversation through not just one or two exchanges, but through multiple exchanges. And then that builds, um, you know, carefully into first grade where you're building upon more conversations, responding to comments through multiple exchanges. And then in first grade, we're really starting to clarify and ask questions to clear up any confusion about the topics, right? Um, And in second grade, uh, we're trying to um, build upon that as well. In this case, the agreed upon rules kind of expand a little bit. So you're gaining the floor in respectful ways. So you um, would be taking turns. You would be taking the authority of the classroom, listening to others with care, continuing. Um, The other part is then linking comments and the remarks of others. So I like that so-and-so commented about that. I also think such and such um, about your presentation or whatever it was. And and also I'm asking for clarification and explanations. So second grade is where it really starts to expand. And as an aside, I mean, I haven't really dug and looked at these very carefully, but part of my classroom learning environment expectations for classroom management were some of these things in my second grade classroom. Like when Mm -hmm. we did number talks in math class, we would have multiple exchanges 
it, I would need at least three or four people to go through the conversation. It wasn't just one person and me. It was, I would pose a question, then a student would respond, another student would respond to that response, and then another student would either respond to that response or ask a clarifying question or lead our discussion further so that it was those multiple exchanges. Um, mm -hmm. Like it said, it started even in kindergarten. And so I guess some of this can be done even if you're not having a lesson where, okay, today our objective is to work on the speaking and listening standard one in our right. class, you can just set up your classroom environment where you're working on these um, and kind I, of I it, do believe, like it implicitly all the time. I think that's the goal of this too, is that it should be um, a common um, way of participating within your class. So it should be embedded within the rules. It should be embedded within each of the ways that you engage with your students and then that that respectfulness is kind of set up and they understand what the expectation is. So I, I think that a lot of teachers are doing it explicitly. However, they may not be focused in on it just like you were, Shannon. You know, you're doing all of these things in your classroom um and and, and setting that expectation. But it, you know, I loved, I love diving into this because I like thinking about what the mm -hmm. progression looks like. Well, I didn't realize that when I was, I mean, I think I just was doing it to create a respectful environment where, yeah. you know, the students were encouraged to share their thoughts. They felt safe and they respected each other's thinking and learned from each other. It was more of a character building, you right, know, right, right. but, but now I'm reading this and realizing that this actually builds their literacy skills too, because we're asking them to do orally what they eventually will do with the written word, where they are reading someone's writing that could have mm -hmm. been a speech that was said, but now is written down. And they're having to understand the written word that was communicated as well as they understood the spoken word that was communicated. Yeah. And I think that I'm, I'm looking again. So third grade is really where the students kind of come to a discussion after reading um, or studying the required material and ah. they're going to explicitly draw on the the information that's known about the topic under that under that umbrella. So it's really I mean we always say this, you know, in third grade that's where like the rubber meets the road and you know you're you're you learning to read and then you read to learn and this is like the first way that we're broaching that is that students are then orally expressing what they have learned and and explaining their own ideas in light of what they've been um, reading on a specific topic. So, so they might grade... say, oh, based on what I read in paragraph two with this, now I understand blank about blank. Yeah. So when I think about it, um, I uh, it, it's answering those comprehension questions when you're going back and highlighting the relevant text mm -hmm. and students are orally presenting rather than writing it down. Mm -hmm. um, but they're able to say, oh, well, I know this because, and they can go back to their text and find where the facts are that that help support their opinion. So I think that in this case, in third grade, it's really oral. In fourth grade, um, it, it kind of like goes back to um, posing and responding to specific questions to clarify and follow up on information and make comments that contribute to the discussion. So this is like a new branch of if, if you are. It's, um, se learning... it's separating their own thoughts from the thoughts that they've read and the thoughts from their peers. 
Yep. So it's the beginning of synthesizing this information. Mm-hmm. It's the beginning of that compare and contrast. What do I already know? What have I been able to learn from this? Um, and then in fifth grade, um, you're elaborating on the remarks of others and you're reviewing and drawing conclusions in light of the information. Mm-hmm. So fourth, third, fourth, and fifth grade, I would say really kind of pull into a much higher level, like knowing your audience using more of, um, a, a, tra- um, a, how, how am I explaining this? Using a tone for your audience that would be, who is the teacher? Who am I writing for? Am I sounding more like the language in the book rather than just a discussion with my friends? And I think that this is like leading you through, I mean, the depth of knowledge, just going through these standards from kindergarten to fifth grade. And then also Bloom's taxonomy of going from the lowest level of understanding to the highest level of understanding. And let me add this too. If you, if you know that you're going to have a writing activity where the students have to respond to something that they've read, take a few minutes as a classroom teacher and add this speaking and listening discussion piece beforehand. And that's going to help the students clarify their thoughts. It's going to help the English language learners find some extra vocabulary words to be able to express themselves. And so then that written communication should flow a little smoother because they've already done some of the thinking orally. Yeah, I I think you're spot on with that. I think the other part is that it, it gives a lot of purpose to the assignment when mm-hmm. students have to explain their thinking, share with other students and, and gives like an authentic reason for the task at hand. And so I think that that part is really cool too. Like you really want, um, it's difficult to provide time for everyone. I just read about this. I'd never heard of it before, but elevator talks. And so the goal of an elevator talk is to um, succinctly say what you need to say within the time it would take to ride an elevator, which would be less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. So you would, you would really want to do, um, do that. And so, uh, you know, the teachers obviously need to provide scaffolding, but succinctly saying what you need to say in a short amount of time, we all know is kind of a tricky skill to learn. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, every, a lot of students struggle with main idea and summarizing, but that's really what you're asking them to do because you're asking them to get rid of all the extra details and determine mm-hmm. what is the most important thing about what they're trying to say. Yeah. Um, so the, you, you, we've been going through and you've been reading kind of the first standard, mm-hmm. um, details from the first standard in the speaking and listening. And let me just say that the first three standards are grouped under a subtopic called comprehension and collaboration. Mm-hmm. And then the Next three standards, uh, standards four, five, and six are grouped under the heading of presentation of knowledge and ideas. So we're still talking about comprehension and collaboration um, in terms of speaking and listening. And I think that like, it's interesting that they didn't just break it up as like, okay, here's three speaking standards and here's three listening standards because they don't occur in a vacuum. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because it's a conversation, speaking and listening are going to be happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So that comprehension is happening simultaneously, I guess, because you have to first off comprehend your own ideas to be able to communicate them and then also listen to someone else's ideas that are communicated and also understand them. Yeah. Perfect. Um, 
do you want to go through um, the, the second standard then? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've kind of touched on this a little bit because we were talking about main idea, but mm-hmm. that's sort of what um, what kind of standard two is talking about. So in kindergarten, it says that um, the students will confirm understanding of a text read aloud or information presented orally or through other media, which could be a video or something like that, by asking and answering questions about key details and requesting clarification if something is not understood. I love that last one. You Mm -hmm. know about metacognition and self-monitoring. So even in kindergarten, they are asking the students to pay attention if they have not understood something and to ask and to to recognize, oh, I didn't get that. And to ask follow-up questions until they do get it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then um, it builds on that in first grade where it's asking students to ask and answer questions about key details in the text read aloud or information presented orally or through other media. So they're assuming that from kindergarten on that the students are going to request clarification if something is not understood. So if students are not showing that yet, then make sure. And uh, I always did this anyway, because I guess because I had the standards book with me, but I, I never just looked at my second or third grade standards. I always looked at the levels in front of there to make sure that my students had those prerequisite skills. Yeah. And I do think that that, that gets tricky. It's easier, the more time you've spent in, especially multiple grades too, to kind of understand and see how that goes. But I would also, um, you know, if you are a newer teacher or novice teacher, um, you may want to go down and check and see like, Hey, I'm a third grade teacher. What is the kindergarten teacher doing? What is mm-hmm. the first grade teacher doing? Um, you know, just check in and see what it looks like in the different classrooms. Or once and, you get that um, that star reading score, which gives you a grade equivalent score, or yeah. the MAP scores, which can be translated into grade equivalent scores, um, look at those and go, okay, well, if I have a third grader who's at a first grade level, I need to understand what what that level what what that student actually can do and so it does help to take a few seconds and look at the first grade standards just so that you know what to work on and to build on and if you can to then know how to scaffold it the student to be able to be successful at the third grade work and and i would say if you're just struggling with how to scaffold it um a, a partial sentence prompt is so great yes so you may say um we're going to, you know, you may have a private conversation. We're going to be talking about this topic today. I am giving you this slip of paper. And after the discussion, I want you to, uh, you know, say, um, I was, uh, uh, I don't know, give me an example, Shannon. Let's see. I, um, hmm. what we read a passage about penguins. Yeah. Or yeah. I, I, I'm wondering, um, about why the penguins, um, choose to live in a group instead of not, or I noticed that, or that story made me feel, or even I could really picture, mm-hmm. um, a, a, and giving a partial prompt like that really gives students the chance then to stay engaged in the conversation and not feel so overwhelmed about the opportunity to even think of a question, because actually reformulating your thoughts into a question is a higher level skill. It is. So, some some students may be struggling with that, but um, you know, practicing that ahead of time and then giving them the opportunity in front of a large group or even in a small group, um, that that can be a great scaffold. Um, all the teachers at my school had those accountable talk prompts um, displayed in their room with those little sentence starters, like I, I you know 
can you clarify what you meant when you said blank or something like that? Um, those mm -hmm. really help the students. And then also use, you know, give feedback and praise the students when they do use those sentence starters. Um, right. Yeah. That explicit praise of, I really, yeah. wow, you did it. You were really showing yeah. me um, with an accountable talk phrase. Right. Or I like how you such. responded to what someone else said and continue the conversation. Yep. All right. So keeping moving on um, in the second grade standard for standard two, um, mm -hmm. now they're recounting or describing the key details or ideas. They're not just asking and answering questions about them, but they're actually able to recount or describe the key ideas or details from the text read aloud or information presented orally or through other medium. Yep. So yeah, this part, uh, this part is really getting to the beginning stages of where the third grade is actually asking them to read and interpret exactly. what they're reading. So, so this is where the progression kind of um, has the bridge. Second grade is such a key year. It um, is. I was so glad when I mm -hmm. got to go into second grade and having taught first grade and third grade previously, it was just really cool to be able to be there in the middle and yeah. connect what was needed as the bridge in that grade level. Well, they really do grow so much in their ability to, um, I, I, this sounds so funny, but function as a student within the classroom. Yeah. Um, they are really able to follow most of the directions through the class. And and here's the, the one thing that I'm noticing post-pandemic, and I'm sure that there are a number of teachers who will agree with me. The gap between some students who have that school readiness and another students who um, are still learning a lot of the language of how to behave in school or the expectations of how to behave in school. Um, it's, it's a little different. So with these students who are now second graders in 2023, they were, they experienced their kindergarten year virtually mm -hmm. and then half of first grade virtually and, or, or I guess parts of first grade virtually. And um, so their, yeah, their experience is a little bit different. So uh, that's my argument for being as explicit as possible. Let's say that no. that's an ex that is um, justification right there that these students need the speaking and listening standards more than ever. Definitely, you know, like um, I know that there's a lot of babies right now that were born during the pandemic that are actually displaying speech issues as toddlers because they saw and heard people speaking through masks for like two years. Right, right. <laughs> and so they're having trouble producing speech sounds now as like three and four year olds yeah. um, because they didn't see the jaws moving and the enunciation um, as properly. And so um, in a different way, these students um, didn't have as much interaction with each other because they were waiting to unmute on Zoom to talk. And so they didn't have as much of that whole group discussion time as mm -hmm. other students might have had. And so um, this is timely actually to be talking about this because we wanna make sure that the students are equipped with these skills um, going through the grades. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, third grade is where the rubber meets the road with all these standards. And so um, in third grade now, they're not just asking questions about the main idea. They're not just sort of recounting it. They are determining it, which means Correct. really they're making an inference about it. It's not explicitly said by the author. They're having to take the details and actually come up with their own words for the main idea mm -hmm. of the text read aloud or information presented in diverse media and formats, including visually, quantitatively, and orally. Yep, yep. And then now in grade four, 
building on that, they're now having to paraphrase. So now they're having to summarize portions of the text read aloud yep. or information presented in diverse media and formats. And then grade five, they're having to summarize the written text read aloud or information presented in diverse media. Yep, exactly. Yep. I, I think that that progression makes a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important when you do look at standards that you really do see the progression. Um, uh, you know, this is kind of a unique way for me to approach standards, but it's really helpful as mm -hmm. I'm looking back on it, on it right now. And so standard three is kind of similar um, in the way that the the depth of knowledge um, progresses, but instead mm -hmm. of being about um, text read aloud or information presented orally or through media, this is now more about um, the speaker presenting yes. information. So in standard three in kindergarten says, ask and answer questions in order to seek help, get information or clarify something that is not understood. And that could mean from a peer or from the teacher speaking. Right, right. And then in grade one, it builds on that and saying, ask and answer questions about what a speaker says in order to gather additional information or clarify something that is not understood. Mm -hmm. And then in grade two, ask or answer questions about what a speaker says in order to clarify comprehension, gather additional information or deepen understanding of a topic or issue. And again, I like that um, metacognitive piece where What's implied there is that we want the students to constantly be wanting to gain new knowledge. Right. And not to just be satisfied with, okay, I get the gist, but that yeah. they are going deeper. And I mean, I, I was that person anyway. Okay. Like in a big lecture hall in my college, I was the one, the annoying one, raising my hand, asking the questions to the professor to go deeper and deeper and deeper until I got it. You know what I'm saying? And I was going to keep totally asking knew. questions either in the group or in office hours through a private meeting with my professor until I fully understand because I have that drive for knowledge. But we want to we want to um, build that student engagement where they all have that drive for knowledge, where they're wanting to deepen their understanding. Well, and I think this is something I often say to my students who feel like if you ask a question, people are going to be disappointed in you. But this is where we're really like share telling students we want you to ask questions right questions and, show interest and they also I mean I often say that the smartest kids in the room ask the best questions yes or just ask questions period mm -hmm. so that's you know giving opportunities for kids to practice that I think is is just really essential yeah we want them to we want to these kids to display curiosity mm -hmm. I love yeah. how you put that you phrased it with the curiosity because I I definitely think that's exactly what they're getting at. Yeah, that's the value. Mm. So um, grade three, um, standard three is ask and answer questions about information from a speaker offering appropriate elaboration and detail. Mm -hmm. So now you're more a participant in the conversation where you are elaborating and, you know, saying, oh, well, is this what you meant when you said this, you know, or I've thought this, do you agree with me? And it's really like a two-way conversation. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then uh, grade four is, says, identify the reasons and evidence a speaker provides to support particular points. That's really key because that's that almost, and I see why they only put it in fourth grade here, because mm -hmm. you have to know your sense of self to recognize your own point of view versus the speaker's point of view. Yes. And, and I do think that, yeah, this shows this higher level thinking, this ability to kind of differentiate your 
you know, your ego self. Exactly. <laughs> to, um, you know, um, and I, I think that that definitely takes place starting in fourth grade. I do think that it's a challenge um, in, in that area and not all students are ready for it, but, but giving that idea and then. Well, it's um, just saying identify, which is the lower level of understanding. So they're, they're well, identifying the reasons and they're identifying the evidence. So, okay, the speaker gave this evidence, the speaker gave this reason. You're just yeah. recognizing that. So it's not, yeah, it's, we're not summarizing it yet. We get, wait, that's in fifth grade. Fifth grade. <laughs> so we, there, there's a big difference between having an expectation for them to, to take what you say, but just using your exact words or right. using the speaker's exact words um, right. to justify. And if yep. you're a fifth grade teacher and you're trying to build to the fifth grade um, level of the standard, you can scaffold your lesson plans by working on sort of the third grade level of this skill. Mm -hmm. on a Monday and Tuesday and the fourth grade level of the skill on the Thursday and Friday so that by the following week, maybe they can finally in fifth grade summarize the points a speaker makes and explain how each claim is supported by reasons and evidence. That's hard yeah. too, because that again is that separation of self where now I'm listening to someone else's ideas and I'm thinking mm -hmm. only about their ideas and I'm not, I'm not including my own ideas here. I'm just evaluating how this other person communicated their ideas. Yeah. Yep. But we're also asking them to do that in writing. I mean, I know that that's part of like in, here in Georgia, that was on the third grade milestone state test where, you know, oh, read this essay, this opinion essay, and, you know, read these two different opinion essays. And I want you to write an opinion essay about which student A or B wrote a better opinion essay. In third grade, they're like, oh, what? Uh -huh. okay. <laughs> you know, but if we're asking them to do it in writing, we definitely need to have them doing it in speaking too. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So, all right. So we've talked about the comprehension and collaboration part of these mm -hmm. standards. And so then now let's talk about um, the second half of this, uh, these speaking and listening standards, which are grouped again under the heading presentation of knowledge and ideas. Right. And so this is more about what the speaker is doing and their own behaviors. Yes. And, um, it, you know, and the comprehension and collaboration is really the, the listening piece. And this is really the speaking piece. I mean, it's, it's it both. is, but, but, the, you know, they didn't just call it that listening at the top because mm -hmm. it involves some speaking back and forth. Correct. In that um, participant, I don't want to, is it participatory well, we that, conversation? We the productive conversation. Uh, I think I think we said um, productive conversation. conversation. Right. Yeah. But um, listening is not just a, a one way act. It, right. So so that's how I think it's it's really generalized here in these standards. So now for a presentation of knowledge and ideas, this is the expectation of what students are de demonstrating and sharing with us. Um, so I see kindergarten. First one. Just, and I think um, we can just, go through, let's go through four, five, and six all at the same time. I was going to suggest the yeah. same. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So in kindergarten, um, they're having to describe familiar subjects, either familiar people, places, things, events. And then with prompting and support, they could give additional detail. So we're not asking them to give a, a lot of detail at the beginning as a kindergartner, but at least can they describe familiar topics? And then provide a little more detail um, with prompting and support. Um, they should be able to add drawings and other visual displays 
um, to descriptions to provide more detail. And they need to be able to speak audibly and express their thoughts, feelings, and ideas clearly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, One thing that I saw in real time when I had a kindergartner on Zoom was um, we used uh, an app called Flip videos Flipgrid. and Flipgrid. the Flipgrid videos, right? It's so um, these were all things that um, the students were encouraged to do. And so we would share videos. Um, and that was always special because the, the part that I, I really kind of enjoyed about it, and I know my daughter enjoyed was being able to then see her friends um, and share those videos. And kids are just so eager to, um, <laughs> to do that at times. So um, we just well, and then watching way. their peers, brings mm-hmm. it back to that first part of the standards you know right. where are they comprehending what the other speaker was trying to convey yeah so how does that build on in first grade well now they're having not just to describe familiar ideas but they're just having to describe topics mm-hmm. um, people places things events and then they need to include the details without the prompting and support Yes, that's that's the difference, and and expressing them clearly. Yes, um, and, and making sure that they're very relevant, mm-hmm. and they can add the drawings and other visual displays to the descriptions to provide more details. And then this um, says that they need to produce complete sentences when appropriate to task and situation, and it actually says to go to the standard language standards for specific expectations for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then in second grade, now they're having to tell a story or recount an experience with appropriate facts and relevant descriptive details, speaking audibly in coherent sentences. And then with guidance and support, create audio recordings of stories or poems, and they can add those drawings as well, and produce complete sentences when appropriate to task or situation in order to provide requested detail or clarification. So that goes back to that first part where now they're having a conversation and they're having to respond to some questions that the audience might be asking. Yep. And like we saw in the um, earlier standards um, in one through three, when they hit when they hit grade three, it all of a sudden the depth of knowledge gets a lot deeper mm-hmm. and it's the same thing um, for these standards four, five, and six. So in third grade, um, not only are they having to just tell a story or describe, now they're having to report on a topic or text or tell a story. And so what that implies is that um, it's almost, it's standing in front of the room and it's giving a clear presentation. Mm-hmm. With, with appropriate pacing and making sure that you are clearly um, speaking uh, to to make sure that the, the peers are following. Yeah, so that might be presenting a book report, it might be presenting a science project, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll create engaged, in third grade, they'll create engaging audio recordings of stories or poems that demonstrate fluid reading. I like that they put in the fluency there. Mm-hmm. And add visual displays when appropriate to emphasize or enhance certain facts. I like that piece as well. So now they're adding, they're adding the visual displays for a reason. So they're not just choosing like their favorite detail to visual, to, you know, to um, illustrate. They're actually choosing like an important detail or an important fact to illustrate. 
Yeah. I think that's interesting. But I mean, that's like something that like CNN would do, you know, like they choose very clearly which photos they're going to display when they're doing, you know, the audio um, talking of a, of a story, you know, they, they don't just choose any graphic. They're going to choose the most important graphic that's going to highlight what they want the speaker to, to you know, to emphasize or the listener to emphasize. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, But I think that especially when we get into this third grade, um, when we have nine and 10 year olds, I think that the way that parents speak to children at this age, there's, there's a big difference between casual conversation and then, um, you know, higher level thinking Mm -hmm. conversation. Um, yeah. And formal and seeking information. Um, and so in this area, I do think that we, um, we really come to this bridge between some students have more opportunity to do this at home than other students do and practice it with other adults. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a population of students who may or may not have that um, opportunity in their house for a very various reasons, this is where you really have to emphasize it at school. Um, and, and it has to become part of um, you know, clearly stating when you're in school, um, this is the type of appropriate speaking that we're trying to to convey and what we're trying to do. Now you're older and giving a sense of, um, you know, uh, I don't know, academic pride when you're sharing this kind of information. But I do think that this this does come at kind of a critical time. Mm-hmm. So Well, and I had one of those expectations from my second and third graders where um, unless it was a brainstorming activity and it was really quick, if we were having an academic conversation, I wouldn't take one word answers. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say, no, you need to speak in a full sentence. Yep. A full sentence, expanding upon details, mm-hmm. making sure that you, um, you know, are really elevating the conversation so that they understand the magnitude almost of um, what the academic expectations are, as opposed to just casual conversation. Mm-hmm. And encouraging that in the speaking will again elevate their writing to include more complex sentences in their writing, where they're not just writing a simple subject and a simple predicate, but they're adding, you know, um, prepositional phrases and extra adverbs and things like that um, when they're writing, because they're used to you asking for detail in their speaking. I haven't heard this as much, but you know, people um, have often made the comments about. Um, kids are writing the way that they text and it's very casual Mm -hmm. or um, abbreviated things that they're saying. So, you know, just another way to call attention to this. Um, Mm -hmm. We're on, we're on third grade. Well, and we can also, where we just finished third grade, but on that note, we need to show them that there's a difference between even um, writing on text versus writing to email, because you do need to do a lot of that more formal writing on email. Right. So in fourth grade, now they're still reporting on the topic or text. They're telling a story or recounting an experience. Now, now they're doing it in an organized manner. So now we're asking them almost to do it like with an introduction and then the body and then the conclusion. Mm -hmm. We're asking them to use appropriate facts and relevant details and to speak clearly at an understandable pace. They're Mm -hmm. again using audio recordings and visual displays to enhance the development or the main ideas or themes. And here you go with the formal English, they're differentiating between contexts that call for formal English, like presenting ideas, and situations where informal discourse is appropriate, is more appropriate, like small group discussion. And they're using formal English when appropriate to task and situation. And mm-hmm. it refers to the um, language standards for more expectations. Yeah. 
And then in fifth grade, they're reporting on the topic or text, or they're ready to present the opinion. They're sequencing Mm -hmm. their ideas logically and using appropriate facts and relevant descriptive details to support main ideas or themes. And they're speaking clearly at an understandable pace. Now we're asking them to also use multimedia components with graphics and sound. So you can think of your, all your Google tools for that Mm -hmm. and visual displays and presentations when appropriate to enhance the development of those main ideas and themes. And so again, they're making, um, very dis, um, informed choices about the graphics that they're using. Yep. And they're adapting their speech to a variety of contexts and tasks using formal English when appropriate to task and situation. I, um, I think that the, one of the easiest ways to help students understand expectations we're all aware of, but it's such a great tool is using a rubric and making sure you share the rubric at the beginning of your presentation with your students. But in your rubric, you should also include what the expectations are for the speaking and listening components. And so um, I I very much appreciate uh, when when my daughter comes home with a project and has a rubric, mm-hmm. and I know that other parents really do too, because it, it makes such a difference. And the difference between getting a four or a three or a two or a one, um, when I clarify that for my daughter, uh, it really helps her also understand, oh, oh, I can do this in a, in a stronger way. So let me try again. So, um, you know, speaking voice is pretty obvious. The student speaks in a loud, clear voice throughout the entire presentation. That would be a four um, on her rubric. Making eye contact. The student establishes and maintains eye contact with the audience the entire time would be a four on this project. And again, this is second grade. Um, giving a recommendation. The student gives a strong personal opinion and uses many details telling why he or she liked or disliked the story. And this is for um, a, an oral book report. Um, and then um, questions for the author and or the main character. The student has five or more questions for the author and or the main character. Um, and then the other pieces here are more about um, the props that they're using. But um, I... My daughter is so funny um, when she is preparing for a presentation. She um, likes to have the words right there just in case she needs to see them. So she was doing a diorama project this year, and we ended up writing little pieces all the way around her project so that she could have key words when she was doing her presentation. And I, I think that, you know, note cards, making sure they're practicing with um, a, a speech ahead of time, videoing it at home, that definitely helps. Um, I, I think all of those are, are really key. And she, um, this morning I recorded her giving some tips. And so I, I think I want to hear those. Recording. It's pretty cute. I'm, uh, as a second grader, I think she's got some great ideas. So these are some tips. Um, here we go. What a good second grade kid does when they're listening to a presentation Look at the speaker, not the project, because then you're not quite listening to um to the presentation. And that's not that's not right. It's not okay. And 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 you'll probably get to come up and see their project when they're done speaking. Asking questions. Asking questions. My teacher 
just lets us pick three people and we raise our hands. Don't shout out or that's not being a good second grade student. That my teacher says that's first that's first grade in kindergarten behavior. <laughs> um, what kind of questions should you ask? You should ask questions about the presentation and what happened, what was your hardest thing, what was the part that you enjoyed the most, the part that you hated the most. Also, if you didn't hear any a part, you can ask the that too. But be sure to but be sure to listen. They can only ask questions that they they didn't tell you. That they did tell you. Yeah. So only about the information, not about anything else. Yeah. So, I would say your daughter has mastered some of these speaking and listening standards. Some of the speaking. I, I think what's key, though, is that um, it's really apparent that her teacher has shared what the expectations yes. are. Mm -hmm. Those and routines I, are there. Yeah, the routines are there. The, um, you know, she knows what is kindergarten and first grade behavior mm -hmm. and what second graders can do. And, um, you know, sharing ownership. Uh, so, um Anyway, I, I just asked her just before she headed out the door this morning to school. I said, what what tips do you have for second graders for listening and, and speaking skills? And so that that's what we got, which I thought was it's, not, not it's so advice. evident, too, that they're doing more project based learning, because I mean, like we're not saying take time out of your literacy no um, schedule to like focus explicitly on these speaking and listening standards. We're asking you more to um, build your classroom environment of the whole day in a way that builds on these skills. And so like, for example, in science, you could do a worksheet on magnets and yeah, that's going to teach students about magnets, but is it really going to work on these higher level skills? No. But if you have the students do an experiment about magnets and then they need to present their experiment findings to the class, not only are they deepening their knowledge about magnets, but then you're also building on all six of these speaking and listening standards at the same time. It's like more skills for the same buck, you right. know? And yeah. I mean, when I was, when we've been going through all these standards, what was, what was kind of going through my mind was um, thinking about that phrase college occur ready, which is why mm -hmm. you know, they came up with the common core anyway. And if we're working on all these skills with the students, like how well are we preparing them for the future world? We're preparing them for job interviews. We're preparing them for listening to webinars and presentations at their job training so that they know how to gain those new skills from things that are presented to them. We're preparing them. You know, I have private school students. So, you know, starting in eighth grade, they've got to interview for high schools. We're preparing them for those high stakes interviews where they can have that high level conversation with that recruiting um, person at the high school to impress them with who they are. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, making sure that there's this differentiation between the formal language of English and the, mm -hmm. the informal language is, is really one of those skills that can, um, have, make students, um, that much more productive out in, in society. Uh, um, Obama, I feel like modeled that one yeah. of the best. Like I kind of love when president Obama goes casual. Like he's, uh, hilarious. That's really true. he's hilarious when he goes 
off the cuff and he will let his sense of humor be known and he'll get more casual with people at speeches or he'll kind of do an aside and do a joke. And then he can go straight back into that formal Harvard educated tone. True. And that, you know, it really brings us buy-in because we feel like we know him and we like him, but then also we believe and we believe what he's saying because he's knowledgeable. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, another person who who comes to mind when I think of that is Trevor Noah. Yes, Trevor Noah yes. is a comedian and he is from the very, Daily Show. From yeah. the Daily Show. And he is such an intelligent person and he can speak at such a high level. And then as a comedian, you know, he kind of jumps back into that formal casual language, but he can easily kind of transition back and forth. And so I think that's um it's it's great to share that with our students too. And they, um, and they know their audience. So both of those, the, both of those speakers, those examples know their audience to then know when to turn that on and off. And that's a part of the speaking and listening standards mastery mm. is to recognize that audience and know yeah. the situation. I love it. You know, like I, um, Trevor Noah wouldn't break into all that, you know, if he was giving a eulogy you know right absolutely like you got to recognize read the room it it really it's it's reading the room but in a in a more intellectual way I'm glad that we dove into this topic too and I highly encourage some of our um, listeners here to you know if Shannon and I were just chatting we're like what is the one standard that we feel the least equipped with right now? What, what is the one that we kind of, it's the one that's the gloss over one. And so we came up with this one, but um, I really encourage you to sit with a group of teachers and, and talk about how um, you can address some of these standards. And maybe you don't need to break it all the way K through five, but maybe um, smaller grade bands, kindergarten and first grade conversations. I think um, having these, these deeper conversations about what the expectation is of our students calls to mind what what the expectation is um, for us and how we need to present it to them. Mm -hmm. And look at the performance tasks that you're doing in your curriculum and then kind of look at those tasks through the lens of these speaking and listening standards and see how can you work on these speaking and listening standards through that task. So you're building that um, content knowledge and these Mm. skills at the same time. Great chat today. I love great chat today. Thank you so much. I walked away. Um, I feel like I understand these standards better. I'm definitely the the reflection is not ending here. I'm going to keep um, paying attention to my students and seeing how they do based on these skills. And then also thinking through all the activities that I do with my students and how I can weave these standards and skills in um, more. Yeah, me too. Me too. We'll follow up more. So yeah, and um, looking forward to seeing how your daughter continues to develop with all these skills too. She's gonna, she's a force to be reckoned with already, and she's gonna continue <laughs> to be. <laughs> she's a sweetie. Um, I'm also curious too if, if any of our listeners um would like to engage with us too. If you have got some great projects to share or some great examples of how you are incorporating speaking and listening, or if you have questions about it too, we would love to kind of dive into this topic a little bit more. So. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining the conversation.